Are you ready to witness greatness? College fans, welcome to the biggest tailgate party in the nation. Different day, same recipe. Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff. Presented by BetMGM. The king of sportsbooks. We're setting you up with the information you need to watch your team win. Let's go! We're here to break it all down. Let's go, let's go. This is... Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff. Presented by BetMGM. Now, we're live from your tailgate. Here's Brian No. Hey everybody, what's going on? It's Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff. Presented by BetMGM, the podcast. Podcast edition, we've got Jared Smith, lead betting analyst from PicksWise.com. We'll talk college football with him in just a minute here. Also have NFL stuff with Bill Krakenberger, our guy Crack. Sports handicapper from crackwins.com. He'll be with us here in about 15 minutes or so. New users, download the BetMGM app today and use code COUNTDOWN for a special offer. That's code COUNTDOWN in the BetMGM app. So we welcome in Jared Smith to talk some college ball right here on the pod. Let's start it off, Jared. Let's dive right on in. We're not getting into the the shallow end and kind of easing into the pool. We're doing a cannonball. Right There's into no the shallow end this week. It is no deep. shallow end this Thick. week. Some great matchups. Let's start it off. Number one, Tennessee. How about the number one, Tennessee, going on the road against the defending champion, number three ranked, Georgia Bulldogs. So they get dissed with the rankings, but they get some love <laughs> with the point spread, favored by eight points right now at BetMGM. Yeah, so who do you th- who do you trust more to accurately predict who's going to win this game? The college football playoff committee or the odds makers that do this for a living um, every day and not just a few times a year in a big room? Um, no, listen, I, I think the first rankings are kind of you know window dressing. It doesn't really have a whole lot of meaning because this is all going to sort itself out and this is going to be the first step in that process. We are seeing an overwhelming amount of money come in on the underdog here. And it looks like this is going to be, and we'll get Seamus McGee, if we do have him on the lead trader from BetMGM on, you know, on Saturday's show to confirm this. But I would assume it probably will be the most liability of the entire weekend, which is Tennessee outright, Tennessee covering the spread, et cetera, et cetera. My contrarian brain immediately tries to figure out a way to bet Georgia. And I think if it gets back to seven, that would be – I where the professional money likely steps in. That's probably where I would be comfortable betting Georgia because let's be honest, Georgia's had some performances this year that have kind of been up and down. Tennessee, obviously the impressive win over Alabama, but their defense was really you know exposed in that game, even though Alabama's offense hasn't had an explosive season. So I could see Georgia putting up a ton of points in this game and definitely scoring enough to cover the spread and feel comfortable. The question is strength on strength. Georgia's defense against Tennessee's offense. How does that matchup play out? We'll dive in a little more on Saturday with some of the you know game within the games here. But I, I kind of lean to Georgia early on because I, I do think they're going to win the game. We'll see if they cover the spread. The number obviously is going to be important. And I also think, look, man, styles make fights. Georgia's offense has been very underrated. Yes, I totally agree. Numbers, Yeah, and against this Tennessee defense, not exactly the college version of the 85 Bears out there. No. I don't know what, if we can backtrack for a second, Kentucky's offensive line is just 
awful. <laughs> Will Levis, who is a first-round talent in the NFL. No, he's not. We were doubting that, right? You're, we, you're doubting it, but there are a lot of people that say he could be a first-round yeah. pick. He didn't do anything against Tennessee's defense last, last week, but against this uh, Georgia offense, a lot more playmakers and a much better offensive line Georgia has. I just think this, Cliff's Notes version, if you think back to the, the Tennessee win at home against Alabama, and they were around like an eight-and-a-half-point dog, very similar to this line against Georgia. And I just think sometimes you can be misled by what has happened in the past at home compared to what will happen on the road against Georgia. It's just a much, much different spot for Tennessee if you're thinking about backing them this week. I agree. And, and I'll be honest, even if you go back to the first quarter of that game against Kentucky, 70% success rate for the Wildcats rushing the football. Yeah. They got on the scoreboard early, they ran the ball early, and then Will Levis crapped down his leg, and then the rest of the game, the, the game script got so lopsided that they, they abandoned the run. So I think Georgia's going to have success running the football. I think Todd Munkin's going to come up with some fun play action, you know, getting his guys wide open in space. This Tennessee secondary has really struggled. And Georgia's, Georgia's not, you know, the, the greatest show on turf. But again, Stetson Bennett's been there before. And I, I think this is a good spot for him at home against the passing defense that can be had. So if they can protect, I, I, and if Stetson can play turnover free, Georgia's going to have some opportunities to score some points in this game, no doubt. They definitely will. How about this matchup? Number four, Clemson at Notre Dame. Notre Dame a four-point underdog. The total stands out to me too, Jared, 44 and a half. Oof. That's like... Whoa, that's some NFL stuff, right? College football, 44 and a half. But you start thinking about this matchup. If Will Shipley doesn't run the ball very effectively, then you got DJ Uwe back behind center. How good of a game does he play? And then you look at Notre Dame. If they're not able to run the ball effectively, they were last week against Syracuse. You got Drew Pine, who I'll say this quietly because I'm here in South Bend. He sucks. It's freaking terrible, Jared Smith. So if you've got two offenses that can't run the ball effectively or consistently, this could become really ugly really quick, especially with wind gusts supposed to be around 40 miles per hour at times. So wow. it might not be the best weather in South Bend on Saturday as well. There's a lot of conflicting market indicators here. And I think it's because there's very respected money on both sides of this game. It reminds me of the USC-Utah game a few weeks ago where we saw it kind of move through three, then back to three, and it looks like three and a half is kind of the consensus here. And I've seen it go as high as four and a half and as low as three. And I think that's kind of the tight range we're going to be in you know, heading to the weekend here. We've already seen, obviously, a big move to the under. You mentioned it because of the weather. And let's be honest, both offenses, especially Notre Dame, very limited. 120th in marginal explosiveness. They do not stretch the field. They are, don't have a game-breaking wide receiver. They do have a beast of a tight end who is a mismatch in the red zone. And they run the ball efficiently. It's not explosive, but it's four, five, six yards a carry. And they set Drew Pine up in third and second in manageables, and you hope he doesn't make the big mistake that ruins the game. That's the, that's the script for Notre Dame. The script for Clemson is DJU with a week off, 
where is his head? Because you could you could make a case for both directions. Four turnovers against Syracuse, you don't finish the game, the other guy comes in and wins it, and then you sit and stew on that for two weeks. Is it a positive reaction, or does he lose his confidence so early because he's looking over his shoulder? I could see it going in both directions, especially on the road, bad weather, hostile environment, Notre Dame's defense relatively underperforming. I could see Clemson just bullying them, but... I could make a case DJU commits an early turnover, ball slips out of his hands on a design run, and all of a sudden it's a, it's a downhill, you know, slippery slope from there. So I, I got ahead of the market at four with Notre Dame. If it gets back to three, I'll probably take a nibble on Clemson and hope a low total game lands either three or four, and then I can't lose. So that's my initial strategy, but early lean Notre Dame, but I'll be honest, I don't really fully trust Drew Pine, and I'm sure you don't either. <laughs> no, I certainly don't. How crazy is it just two years ago, DJ Uwe Ungalale, a freshman at the time, filling in for Trevor Lawrence yeah. who had COVID, and he went crazy against Notre Dame. It was a double overtime loss for Clemson, but he threw for 439 yards and two touchdowns. He looked spectacular. He was a Heisman hopeful, and then you fast forward to the here and now, last game, he's getting benched. For mm. Cade Klubnik. So it's just it's crazy how it's worked out for DJ Uwe because I thought he had star potential written all over him, and it just it hasn't worked out that way with Clemson for him. Yeah. You know, this is a this is a Clemson team that a lot of people are saying this week, and I don't want to get hot takey too much, but oh what, what why are they so high in the rankings? I I mean listen, th- this is a Clemson team that deserves respect. Because they still have the name and they play in a conference that's so bad that, you know, they're going to be in the conference championship every year. And it's, you know, inches here on, on one side of the ball that that's going to either separate them from the cultural playoff or not. And I think the, the committee, you know, forward facing thinking, listen, Clemson's probably going to win this game and they're probably going to win the ACC. So we might as well just put them in now because we're going to have to put them in at some point. And I... I we don't know if that's going to be the case if they go lay an egg here on, 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 on Saturday, but... Man, DJU, what would your mindset be, Brian? You know, you're you're a 20 year old kid, and you just turned it over four times, and the other kid comes in and wins the game, and you're sitting on that for two weeks. I mean, you you would think the reaction would be positive, but I'm not so sure, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's a weird thing. I think it's two things. I think that you're motivated heading in, obviously, like seeing your job starting to slip away a yeah. bit. You're super motivated, but the real test is if things go wrong. If you throw an interception, if you have a bad read, if you miss a wide-open receiver for a touchdown, then how do you feel? What's your mindset then? Do you let it roll off? Or like you said, are you looking over your shoulder like, is Klubnik warming up? Am I getting pulled right now? Like That's not a good spot to be in. Let's go to another game here. It's kind of weird, man. I don't know if you've ever gone to like Lollapalooza or Ozfest or any of these concerts. It, my mind goes there where Alabama at LSU – it seems like when the bands are not in the right order, you know what I mean? Like Tennessee, Georgia is the headliner, and it's before yeah. Alabama and LSU in primetime where you're kind of like, why is this band closing the whole thing? They should be the band, like the warm-up band. It's weird that Alabama and LSU are in that spot, but they certainly are this week. The opening act. What's what's so we're the opening act for the show that comes after ours on Saturday, right? Like we're like the we're, we warm up the crowd for all the for all the stars that come later. Uh, but listen, this this Alabama game's got some stars too. 
I, I think Jaden Daniels is a very underrated player in, in this country, and I, I, I think it's it, it, it's unfortunate that he plays with a coach that maybe mutes his talent a little bit because they you know they run a pro-style offense and Brian Kelly and those pro-style offenses really haven't given Nick Saban a ton of problems over the years. It's been the more mobile quarterbacks historically that have given Alabama problems, but even that narrative I think I could poke some holes in because I saw some numbers that are very positive for Alabama's defense against K.J. Jefferson and Hendon Hooker this year. And I know they, they scored a bunch of points Tennessee did in that game, but they held Hendon Hooker's running his legs in check. And they did the same to K.J. Jefferson. Now, they did win that Arkansas game by, by a pretty big margin. So I, I can say Alabama's defense may be improving a little bit against the mobile quarterbacks. The interesting thing with Daniels here, LSU's off the bye, and... Again, Daniels is starting to play well, so the confidence level is increasing in this offense, and when he's on target, when he's on schedule, you're seeing him one of the more efficient you know, throwers and runners in the country. So the question to me is how is LSU going to protect Jaden Daniels because their offensive line hasn't played well this year, and you know, you got Alabama with Will Anderson and Dallas Turner and Braswell. I mean, they've got guys who can get after the quarterback – and the Tigers' offensive line numbers, as I say, you know, outside the top 100 in a lot of these havoc and sack rate categories that I look at. So I'm a little concerned with LSU protecting Jaden Daniels. But on the other side, I, I can make a case that LSU's defense maybe has a chance to stop the run here if they can sell out. And if they can get Bryce Young into some longer, you know, you know known passing situations— then they can cover up for a secondary that's really struggled too. So it's all about stopping the run, and it's all about trying to figure out a way to keep Jaden Daniels upright. If LSU can do those two things, Death Valley at night, maybe some weather in the forecast. I've seen stranger things happen in college football, no doubt. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, and look, man, for Bama, Eli Ricks being back, their stud cornerback, might be a first-round draft pick. That's a big, big deal. And he transferred from LSU, so he goes up against his former team. That's a really interesting matchup to watch against Jaden Daniels, who has been very good, but it's a mixed bag. It's it's weird. Like Butte had the six catches for a buck fifteen, and then he was like invisible, and Jaden Daniels just running all over the place. So he's been Jaden Daniels had a good season, but I want to see him up against this uh, Alabama secondary that's getting healthier. I want to see what he does and uh, if he's able to keep that Bama defense off balance with the run-pass threat right there. We'll close it out on this because you got your eye on Wake Forest over here. Wake Forest against NC State. NC State is a four-point home underdog. What do you think about Wake and the Wolfpack in this one? Yeah, so we gave out Louisville last week against Wake, and now I'm kind of reversing course and when I watched so I watched that entire Louisville away game the third quarter especially was particularly entertaining for me with a Louisville ticket if you had a Wake ticket you wanted to rip your hair out because Wake Forest turned it over on like five straight possessions they had eight turnovers in the game Hmm. I, I mean that is again and this is a Wake offense that's not very explosive with big five star athletes all over the field they're very efficient and they run a very, you know, tight ship and and Sam Hartman is, you know, the trigger man and he's been that throughout the course of his career but this was just one of those clunkers where everything Louisville touched turned to gold and and everything Sam Hartman touched turned turned to a fumble or an interception so i i like the buy low vibes though after a, an outlier performance like that and when you look at NC State very limited offensively now post Evan Leary 
they go from the, the the running quarterback the you know the 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 FCS transfer Chambers who came from Charleston Southern who was just a disaster against Syracuse and you know last week as well and then they 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 bench him against against Vatek and they go to MJ Morris and he goes goes off three touchdown drives and and you know big comeback win for NC State well now you're going to have Wake Forest with some tape on 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 this kid and also NC State which is known for their defense really struggles to stop the slow mesh. How about this? 123 points in the last three games between these two teams for Wake Forest. So NC State defensive coordinator Tony Gibson, who's been in town for three years, has had three chances to stop the slow mesh, and he's failed all three times. So I could see Wake, even though this is a road game and this is a big rivalry and the home field advantage will be prominent, I think Wake's in a good spot to bounce back here. Man, I'll tell you what, the slow mesh. Slow mesh, baby. A sight for sore eyes. But it's effective when run properly. But you mix the slow mesh, just how it looks, with eight turnovers last week. (laughs) Bro, that is a horror movie right there. Yeah, it was. It was great for us with Louisville, though. (laughs) I know you were loving (laughs) it. It was a a comedy for me. But, yes, if you had Wake, it was a horror movie. (laughs) That's right. It's a rom-com for you or something. I was really enjoying it. I was very happy with that situation. (laughs) Okay, so check us out on Saturday, right? We'll have three hours for you leading up to kickoff, so 9 a.m. to noon Eastern time. We'll get you all set for all the action. A really, really healthy slate of college games. So definitely check us out on Fox Sports Radio for that. Earn a $50 bonus by signing into BetMGM and clicking on Refer a Friend to Invite a Friend. And in just a few simple steps, both you and your friend will receive a $50 bonus. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. All right, let's welcome in Bill Krakenberger. Let's talk some NFL. Sports handicapper from crackwins.com. And uh, Crack, we're looking at all these games. It's funny. Our podcast should be before we start talking because it's pretty good. You know, the the podcast before the podcast would be pretty good. Today's conversation was good. I'll think about how to spin on that, how we can talk about it in the future. (laughs) Sounds good, man. Uh, Let's start with the Thursday night game. We're recording this on Thursday afternoon, still a handful of hours to get in on this game if you want to. You mentioned that Circa, it's all the way up to 14, where Philly is favored by two touchdowns on the road against the Houston Texans. You feel anything in this game tonight, Crack? Listen, I value what Circa's on because Circa's one of the sharp sports books in town. They take the, the biggest limits of anybody. And, uh, you know, on the NFL, if you're willing to put up a million bucks, you go down there, ask Derek Stevens, he'll, he'll take a million dollars on a game. I was with him the other day. I was filming a, a documentary for a German TV station, him and I. And literally, he's like, I'll take 200000 on any game. But if you want to come up to me and ask me for a certain game, I'll, you know, I'll take up to a million bucks on a game. I mean, so I have to go by them because they're taking the sharpest bets too. Not only the square guys that want to bet that giant money, but the sharpest. I, I look to even the World Series tonight. Like tonight, here we have uh, game five, uh, and, and Circa's begging, begging for Houston Astros bets. I mean, they're just wow. begging. Yeah, so uh, everyone after seeing Philadelphia get no hit and throw up a really look a clunker, they really uh, – you know, everyone's like, oh, God, Houston's going to kill him now. It's over now. Verlander, it's over now. Well, that's never the way it works. So uh, I'm not, not saying that Houston's going to win the World Series, but I'm just or not going to win. I'm just saying that I go by certain sports books as indicators, and Circa's one of them. And Circa has a 14 on the Eagle game tonight. So uh, they're one of the only 14s. 
Circa and the win, everyone else is 13 and a half, uh, really, um, for the most part. So this is a game I said that, you know, the Eagles' first half has been, a, has been good for me. Um, I know I had a really big plan a couple of weeks ago versus Arizona where they won 14 to 10. That one they almost lost because Arizona was driving at the goal line. Um, but I, I, I don't know the record, but it might, they might have won every game. They might have covered every game. I think they maybe lost one versus the spread. They're really good in the first half. I just can't lay that number. I can't go over the seven and lay eight on the road, seven and a half on the road. I'm not – no way. I think Houston comes out a little bit tougher anyway in this game. So we'll see what happens. So listen, Philadelphia, everyone's saying is the best team in football. Well, let's see what happens down the road. It seems like Philadelphia never has closing power in any sport. It seems like they just don't – have the heart to be one of those teams, one of those, whether it's football, basketball, baseball. I'm rooting for them, though. I'm rooting for them to, to, to win the World Series, but um, they're definitely an underdog there. So I don't know. This game's a, a, a game that you just – I know everyone has to have action on the Thursday night game. They have to have action on the TV game. It's the reason why the sports books are built and the big casinos have luxury towers because people have to have action. So um, – I'll just tell you, I'm going to probably stay away from the game. If anything, I'll tell you, if, I had a, if I'm forced to bet anything, I may lean to the over a little bit if Philadelphia can uh, – if, if Houston could keep up maybe in the game and make it a competitive game that will force Philadelphia to keep that offense going, um, it just seems like that, that could be a way to go. Maybe even a first half over, over 23, a, a lean, just a lean, nothing, nothing crazy. I have to ask you about, we'll get back to the picks and the games and all that, but you're filming a doc for a German TV station? Is that what yeah, you said? Yeah, this German, this was a lot bigger than I thought. So I went down, to, I actually got a DM, and I was asked to go down to, uh, Derek asked if you can go down to, because they needed a couple guys that make a living in sports betting. So I went down. I didn't expect that. They had three camera crews. So they've interviewed all these hockey players. Not sorry, I'm sorry, hockey also, but soccer. They're over and over, over abroad interviewing like Messi and talking about gambling and like the, the, you know they're 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 it's actually a bigger production than what I thought. Um, like I said, three cameras. I was pretty surprised to see that. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So we we interviewed this. Who knows where it's even going to be shown? I just I was asked to do it, and I did it as a favor. And and uh, it was in the middle of Saturday. I just flew back uh, from Connecticut on Saturday. I literally got an hour power nap and, and ran down there and filmed for about an hour. And then the next day on Sunday, I was down there with Derek. Um, he had a nice orange suit on. Derek is like. I don't know if you, got any, you guys know Derek Stevens. Is. He's the ace Rothstein from Casino. He has <laughs> right, yes. the pinks, the blues, the light blues, the aqua blue, the greens. He dresses so colorful, so bright, so loud. I mean, he is just so cool, man. He's just like, yeah, think about it. The guy owns three casinos, and he's downtown at the bar every night hanging out with the regular customers, taking pictures and saying, yeah, come on in, guys. Hey, have a drink on me. I mean. He's the last of the Mohicans, old school throwback guy. So we did do this show. We'll see what happens. Nice. Okay, so let's go to uh, the Colts and Patriots. You're looking yep. at the total here. It's 39 and a half. If you do a, a quick preview of this game, you look at the Colts. They go to Sam Ellinger. Looked like they had the game, an ugly low-scoring game against Washington. They allow 10 points late, and they lose the game. Frank Reich, he fired the offensive coordinator. He's the de facto offensive coordinator right now. It seems like the Colts are start of, starting to circle the drain in 2022 where Frank Reich might be out of a job. They're cleaning house. 
this is a huge game for the Colts. I just don't know that they're good enough against the Patriots, but 39.5, what are you thinking about the total in this one? Yeah, you know, 39.5 bet MGM, I see that there. Circus still has that. I lean to the over in this game. Uh, in New England, Indy, this, this is, like you said, this is a giant game for Indy. I mean, they seem to think still, and I guess they are because that whole division is nothing special. They seem to think they're in playoff contention still. It's kind of early to say, but uh, – uh, so so they're gonna they're, they're gonna want to hang around with New England here and and uh, it, it, this is one of the lowest totals I think it is the lowest yeah this is the lowest total of the week so uh, I, I just I lean to the over here and I I may even release over nineteen nineteen and a half yeah nineteen and a half first half here I haven't yet but mm. that's a game I look towards uh, the over look look for Indy to hang with New England a little bit and uh, hopefully they go over. Man, I'll tell you what, real fast, Sam Ellinger broke my heart not hitting his over-rushing prop. Oh, man. He rushed for 20 yards down the stretch of the game. Holding penalty brought it back. He would have been an easy over if not for that. And it really wasn't a call that sprung him. You know, sometimes you break a big run because of the hold. Because of the hold. It really wasn't because of that made it even worse. Crack. Oh, I didn't see that. That makes the stem, that makes that bet sting more. I had that oh, over pretty yeah. much for a yeah. good amount. Pure good stinging right there. How about this one? Rams against Tampa. Total is 42-and-a-half. Cooper Cup is expected to play. We didn't know if that, that ankle injury was going to keep him out, but he's expected to play. I mean, what do you think in this one? We just saw Tampa's defense. They had no answer for the Baltimore Ravens in the second half. The Ravens just ran all over them. Their tongues were hitting the, the grass. They were so worn out, Tampa was. What do you think about Rams-Tampa 42.5 as a total? Talk about a vanilla line. Every single sports book in the world on my screen, and I have 30 of them, has 42.5. There's not one difference anywhere. Uh, I lean to the over in this game also. I'm looking for some of these games to return to the mean. Uh, you know, unders are the way to go this season, hitting at over 56%. And uh, I'm expecting some of these games to return to the mean. The, the, the bookmaker has lowered these totals, you know, down – from an opening line where this type of game may, may have opened 43-and-a-half, but they know under is the way to go this year because of the uh, the, def- the defensive schemes, except for maybe uh, Tampa in that game, you're right. They've been forcing – they've been changing it up so much this year, and it, bring, it brings so much parity to the league. Uh, like I said, they've been throwing underneath instead of throwing the long ball a lot. So they're not, they're not getting that many plays out on offense as they were in previous seasons. This is almost widespread blanket statement of over the whole NFL. I mean, we see what happened with uh, Green Bay. Uh, Rodgers, the big powerhouse quarterback, they ran the ball in the second half and literally covered the game because they, they ran the ball. I think they ran the first nine of 13 plays when they were down you know, double digits, which is very unusual for any team, never mind a big team like that. So... Um, I, I do lean to the to the over here, trying to buck this trend of unders. And uh, I, listen, I, the Rams are just wow. I can't. It's hard to even believe this is the Super Bowl team. It really is. Jesus. Yeah. So we're, it uh, is. You look at this team. It's wow. It looks like they look like garbage. But I'm hoping they could uh, exploit that defense a little bit, and uh, they can make a game out of this, and, and the game goes over. We'll see. I wanted to get your opinion on this one. Chargers at the Falcons. The total is forty nine and a half. And I like the over. I know we're, we're just giving out overs left and right here, but think about it this way, Crack. 
Atlanta's secondary is really banged up. Their corners are decimated. You saw Carolina throw the ball and hit some huge plays. The DJ Moore play down the stretch last week. What do you think Justin Herbert and the Chargers are going to do? They're going to be able to pass the football against Atlanta. And then you look at the Chargers have one of the worst rush defenses. That's all Atlanta does on offense is run the ball effectively. So 49 and a half. Are you with me? Do you see this going over and getting to at least 50? I, you know, it's it's one of the it's the highest line game for the week, but if it's only the highest line game because they've seen 71 points last week, but then again, if you look at it, they allowed 34 versus the Panthers. They allowed 35, I believe it was against them. Let me just see that. I think 35 Against the Bengals, yeah, thirty-five against the Bengals. Yeah, twenty-eight the week before that. For I mean, they're they're allowing some points um, this year. You, you know, you go back to earlier in the season, uh, Rams Falcons thirty-one twenty-seven. The next week they put up a fifty. The week before that they put up fifty-three. In the first week, this has been an over team. No matter who they play, it looks like. Um, so this this uh, I guess the bookmakers have lined the game like this is going to go over. So. I will. Uh, I'll, I'll be rooting with you. I'm not betting it actually per se, not yet. Anyway, things change, but situations change, and things warrant bets uh, closer to game time. It's rare, but I, I like to bet earlier in the week. But yeah, I could see this game going over with you. Sure. There's one that you like as far as an under, same yeah. total, forty nine and a half. It's the Seahawks Arizona Cardinals game. Why do you like the under in that one, Crack? Yeah, the Cardinals Seahawks game opened up. It's, it's amazing that. Late in the season, here we are in week nine. It's hard to believe, wow, saying week nine. It's been eight weeks of the NFL. Wow. Uh, week nine, though, the respect that the bookmaker gives the sharp betters even goes down because these lines are so good. They're so tight. This particular line opened up 49 and a half, and it's still 49 and a half. Matter of fact, I'm looking, there's actually – Two Caesars in South Point has fifty, so they're they're good numbers to play the under. If if you guys like uh, would agree with me here on the under here, I just think we're going to see uh, these teams also return into the. I mean, listen, everyone loves like one of the biggest talks right now still is the Seattle Seahawks. So I I, I understand it just does they they just don't look like they're going to be to me. I don't know. Are they that playoff team that people are talking about now? I mean, people are literally saying that, you know, that, oh, they, this, this team can be in the playoffs. Well, they beat the Giants last week. We know that. The Giants was due for a, 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 a losing game. But, I mean, they, they're on a little bit of a roll. They beat the Chargers. Uh, they beat the Cardinals uh, a few weeks earlier, 19-9. to And I'm hoping that's the same type of a game, uh, 19-9 to type of game. I don't know if it's going to be that low, but um, – I'm just not so so big on the Seahawks like everyone else is, I guess. Listen, they beat the Lions in that one game. They scored 48 points. It was just there, – there's so many indicators in the market here, back and forth. The reason why this line is this high, I just feel that uh, it shouldn't be this this high. We, we, we have some uh, – some stats behind that, and, and I think it's going to be a lower-scoring game, and I think it's going to be the same type of game, hopefully, that they had a few weeks back. I have to get your opinion on a couple of games with sure. huge point spreads on Sunday. It's uh, the Bills at the Jets. So the Jets are 12-and-a-half-point home underdogs. Clear lack of faith in Zach Wilson. Zach threw three interceptions last week against the Patriots. Two of them were terrible. He's just trying to throw the ball away. They turned it out to be interceptions, but – 
We know how talented Buffalo is, Crack, but we've seen this routinely. This could be a sleepy spot for them just off of a a primetime game. You're playing the Jets. Yeah, it's a divisional rival, but every now and then they have that sleepwalking performance. Would you be tempted to play the Jets plus 12.5? Well, I'll tell you, it opened up 13, and it, it looks like to me that there's 12s now out there, so it may not go back to 13. But yet on Sunday, you may get one rogue sports book to put up the 13 again. I didn't bet it, but I wouldn't. You know, you guys know me. I, I'm a routine. I never, ever, ever will lay double digits anyway in, in the NFL. I'd be looking to take the dog, if anything. Old division rival here. Buffalo could be overlooking them even. You don't know because the situations do warrant that sometimes. They just came, like you said, they just came off a – off a game where they uh, – primetime game, um, you know, it, 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 it's it's not uh, beyond me, though, to think that that uh, th- this team can actually uh, lose the game. Who knows? I mean, listen, we, all, we I mean, we've been saying it every week. Buffalo lost last year to Jacksonville. <laughs> they were 17-point favorites. It's primarily the same exact squad. So, um, you know, th- th- it's not beyond reach here that, that Buffalo – can uh, can can blow this game, so we'll we'll, we'll see what happens. And uh, I, like I said, I'm not betting the Jets game, but uh, it, it you know any anything. I'm not betting the Jets. I mean, but if it goes to 13, I may be tempted. Who knows? I, I, sometimes yeah. I get tempted with those half a points. How about this one too? The Tennessee Titans. Tennessee is getting 12 Boy, no, and a half. No points. respect at all. None. I, I mean, <laughs> on the wow. road. Talk about respect. I mean, it's hard to believe that Tennessee is not. Boy, this is another one of those games, man. That just it, it, you shake your head, and you wouldn't yeah. be surprised with Kansas City having the bye. Uh, you know, Kansas City maybe, you know, blowing them out too. I mean, at home. Uh, yeah, learned, it could we, happen. We That's what's from, crazy, though, is the Titans, the quietest five and two team in football. Easily, they have the same record as the Chiefs, and we just saw Derrick Henry go ballistic last week against the Houston Texans. Yeah, they just haven't beat anybody. No, they they really haven't beat anybody. I mean, the the Giants beat them. The Bills destroyed them by 34. So you might have the same type of of game here. They just haven't. I mean, they beat the Raiders. They beat the the Commanders, the Colts twice. Yeah. um, Not a who's who. The Texans. I mean, they really haven't beat anyone. So uh, they haven't played anyone of dominant force. But, however, they're a better team than they were in the beginning of the season, too. A little bit healthier of a team. So. Uh, this should the game opened up eleven up to twelve and a half already. Don't be, I won't be surprised to see this one go to go to thirteen also. But again, this they're they're due. Last week we had two double digit favorites win. Uh, like I said, they're they're probably due for a, a couple more of these big favorites winning. There was a time in in history that betting the money line for years and years betting money line in the NFL on double digit favorites would return you money year after year betting all the 10.5 or 10-point favorites or higher. I would never do it. It's it's uh, very rare I'll do it, only if I know the money line is is not in line with the actual spread. Then I'll then I'll do that. But, um, again, this this is a primetime game. We'll, we'll see. I think Tennessee, yeah. you know, Tennessee has learned from earlier in the season. They got blown out from Buffalo. I don't think they're going to get blown out like that this week. So let's see what happens. You know, before we close here, Crack, I just have this feeling that you suffered some monstrous loss at some point. Do I have that wrong where you just said, 
oh my gosh, I'm going to lay the 12 points on this favorite and it blew up in your face. Was there any horror story that led to you being just dead set against taking a favorite and laying that type of a point spread? So you're saying in my history, have I ever laid double digits on, on, on something? Or is, there, or is that what you're saying? Yeah, just because you're so dead set against it, I wondered if there was a big loss at some point during your betting career. You know, maybe when I was a teenager. I mean, <laughs> I, I I haven't done that in years. I haven't done I haven't laid double digits in years, and and yeah, uh, I, I just know that underdogs historically is the way to go in almost any event. Now, that's not to say that I haven't evolved and realized that that has changed over the years. There was a time where you could just bet any prime time home underdog with the points. For years tracking, you were a winner, just doing that blindly. That is not the case anymore. The bookmaker has caught up with that. The lines are tougher than ever, harder than ever. Um, but, h- however, uh, no, not that I can. When I was a kid, maybe, when I was a kid, I, I would be a – now, I'm not going to say sucker. It's too strong of a word. When I was a kid, I, w- I would bet double digits. There's no – I know what happens. I know what happens year after year. You know, two years ago, I was on a, a, a major station, major network, and on a Sunday, and I was doing a show on a Sunday with the guys, and, and both 17-point favorites lost that day outright. Like, that can't happen. NFL ironed out line, both fa- fa- favorites lost. It was like the fifth week of the season. It, it just teaches you that any given Sunday, anything can and will happen. I know it's like beating a horse saying that. I'm sorry, guys. No, no, you're totally fine. Hey, be sure to check out the new look and features in the BetMGM app. It's fast and easy access to the sports you love, whether it's live betting, the Daily Lions boost, or the cash-out feature. New users can use the code COUNTDOWN for a special offer. Make sure you check us out on Sunday. It's Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Three hours leading right up to kickoff. Bill Krakenberger from crackwins.com. Jeff Schwartz, eight-year NFL veteran, does a fantastic job. I'm Brian No, I'll be along with the guys as well. So check us out. It'll be from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern time on Fox Sports Radio. We'll see you then.